3: Okay, sports fans, if you're pissed off at cable news and other very serious political analysts these days, here's an outstanding way to support independent media, specifically this podcast, of course. For just $5 per month, you can support the Bob Seska Show Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're talking about exclusive access to our post-mortem show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday shows. You also get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. You're going to get all of that for just $5 per month, pennies per show. So don't miss out. Again, that's BobSeskaShow.com. Bookmark it send it to all your friends and we thank you in advance. And now let the cartoons begin.
1: The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. This
3: shit's getting way too complicated for me. The
1: Bob Seska Show.
3: United Nations Capital. It is Thursday, August 31, 2021. and This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 224 of the Biden Harris administration, four to 32 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here comes Bob. Hang yeah. on.
2: You've said it all. <laughs>
3: Hi, hello. No, no, we
1: do not want to work in AM talk radio, okay? <laughs> God, we we have got to get a new agent.
3: Yeah, I know. We've served our time on the AM dial, that's for sure. Well, yeah.
1: well hi, everybody. Hi, hi. Bob.
3: Uh, hi. He is he is Bob. I'm Buzz,
1: and we're just trying not to get sued by the Nirvana baby.
3: <laughs> if we can get past that. Oh, my God. God bless this news cycle. Love you, news cycle.
1: <laughs> well, uh, and uh, some good news. Uh, under Joe Biden the U.S. military has now successfully evacuated well over 120,000 people from Afghanistan. That's the most people to leave any one place since the last Bill Maher show. (laughs) (laughs) So far, man, this is a home run. All right. The the last plane has left the CBS studios. (laughs) One thing we could not rescue from Afghanistan, uh, Richard Engel's career. (laughs) Just couldn't... Couldn't Holy be saved. Uh, the The war is over, and that's good. But yeah. otherwise, the news this week has been awful, uh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, every time, every time we turn on the TV, another disaster is unfolding. <laughs> uh, on the upside, scientists now predict that all that smoke from the Caldor fire will limit the visibility
3: of our other problems. <laughs> so- Yeah, I know. Always, I'm having trouble seeing. Where is that Hurricane Ida? I can't see through the smoke.
1: Exactly, it's working. (laughs) Yeah, and and Bob, mark my words. Mm -hmm. Historians one day will debate which was more dangerous, the virus or the school board (laughs) meetings.
3: We have some fun tape in a second. Oh, good. I look forward (laughs) to
1: that. Uh, And uh, again, this week, still a lot of people taking horse dewormer Mm -hmm. to fight the COVID. Stores also report an increase in the sales of uh, carrots, sugar cubes, and (laughs) amodium. I don't understand the connection. (laughs) I I have, listen, I'll wrap this up. I won't do this anymore, but I have just one more thing to say to the people taking horse dewormer to fight off COVID. Why the long face?
3: (laughs) Yes, speaking of horses, it's Rocky Mountain Mike. Yep. To avoid being in a gurney, they were looking at Mr. Clean. There were
1: rocks and birds and things in their heads, and they tried
3: hydroxychloroquine. (laughs) The first thing I heard was this right winger buzz, and this guy with no brains for the livestock, all the stores they were trying, they thought
1: it would ease their pains you see i've been taking medicine for horses it's lame because i don't want a shot in my veins in the red states they're taking drugs for their manes because they don't know how to say nay. <laughs>
3: how you clap along with the delay that's an incredible feat of radio endurance and it's my savvy, natural lack uh, of rhythm <laughs> <laughs> there, there he goes riding right, on yes. Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mike, Mountain you know, Mike. Rocky Act. underscore Mountain underscore Mike on Instagram. Thank you, Mike. Okay, uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, um, how are you? Uh, you know what? I'm o- I'm okay. I'm yeah. I'm okay.
1: Just, just a big bowl of okay. That's most of us right now.
3: Yeah. You know, I was haircut boy yesterday. Got my haircut, ah. which was a big roll of the dice. I'm still recovering psychologically from that. Did I get it? Did I get COVID? Did it get through the mask? You know, it's that kind of shit. Exactly. Um, It's transmitted by Barbicide. (laughs) That's right. Um, But you know what? We have a really important story to kick off the show with today. I'm sure. Uh, I, just as much as anyone, would love to start talking about, you know, the hurricane or the wildfires or the pandemic that is only worsened by ignoramuses and shirkers. But you know what? There was a teen prank that was orchestrated the other day on a school board <laughs> meeting in Virginia.
1: I'm so glad you have this.
3: <laughs> and we have to play this audio. The only problem, I will say this before we actually play the the only problem with this audio is they didn't incorporate Dick Pinch, my favorite fake name <laughs> that I use on The Stephanie Miller Show, and during all of my interviews with random people who have no idea who Dick Pinch is. We exactly. were talking, <laughs> talking about that on Thursday. I changed my Zoom handle, on my copy of Zoom, I call it my copy of Zoom, I don't know how you refer to your Zoom as, but in my Zoom window, when I'm doing a Zoom call, the name yes. Dick Pinch comes up as my caption. And you chose
1: this voluntarily.
3: Yes, I chose it for the Stephanie Miller show when I'm on via Zoom on that show. But but when you're talking
1: to your banker, that's a bit of a problem.
3: (laughs) Or my doctor. Or, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Spencer Ackerman. I interviewed Spencer Ackerman, and my name comes up on Zoom as Dick Pinch, for God's sake. (laughs) Uh, and so Anyway, so these uh, these teen pranksters uh, submitted yes. some interesting names to a school board meeting in Virginia, and whoever it was from the school board didn't quite get it and listed every named every single name on the list. Here we go.
0: You guys work for us in 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 this uh, environment. This you answer to us, yeah. and I'm asking that With you do
3: speaker,
1: not. the speaker anti mask. Yeah, and Virginia. now we're ready for the next speaker. County. Thomas. We yeah. appreciate you. Phil McCracken. <laughs> Phil McCracken. Reading from a list. Salk. Suk.
3: Mahidik. I'm not going to translate any of these for anyone. You're going to have to figure out these yourself as we, as we play, th- play these because uh, it's the fun in hearing a clip of audio like this is deciphering what the names actually mean. And there are it's a few. It's fun. <laughs> yes, wake up the kids so. yeah. because
1: it's a, it's a game for the whole family. <laughs> yes. Ophelia McHawk. <laughs> he goes on. Ophelia M- McHawk. <laughs> Eileen Dover. I leaned That one didn't call his attention. I don't
3: Yeah, I don't know. It seems like eventually he would catch on to this, but no 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 no. Don Kiddick. <laughs> Don Kiddick.
1: <laughs> Went to school with him. Wayne yeah. Kerr. Wayne Kerr. He's a British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's the hit of the internet this morning. Uh, that yeah. video from a school board meeting. I don't even know where it was, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's just, it's it Bart Simpson and Mo the bartender. Yeah.
3: Oh, uh, they actually reached out to the couple of kids who were responsible for the prank, and they, they had this to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those two again. So, yeah, next time, kids, Dick Pinch. Just throw that in there to make this uh, 50-year-old man quite happy. And- oh,
1: there are so many more. There are so so many more
3: and by the way everyone is using your joke from last week about well n- nay
1: okay let's talk about that because yeah. it, and I, I keep trying to explain this to people okay it, it, especially when a joke is that obvious uh, <laughs> more than one person is going to think of it okay and it, mm-hmm. it, you know uh, they may think of it simultaneously or one may not have heard someone else say it and they thought it was their original idea. Yeah. There's no way to trace these things. You, you get right down to it, there are no new jokes. Look at today's monologue. Yeah. There are no new jokes. <laughs> it's it's all the same jokes, being being shaped in different ways. Uh, and and so you know that it was no special accomplishment on my on my part. But that some discussion ensued about who said it first, who stole it from who. Because and I think DJs, shock DJs, uh, started this tradition of accusing each other of stealing each other's jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, Howard Stern, bless his heart for all he's done, uh, you know, made a living uh, mm-hmm. saying, you know, I invented that. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he just he didn't always. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it, it, those things happen. But it was an interesting phenomenon seeing that sort of explosion over uh, yeah. over just say nay.
3: Well, uh, Rachel used it on her show. She had right. a, one of the graphics that appears next to her. Uh, during the course of talking about this horse dewormer and all these idiots pumping it into their bodies, had they just big uh, all-caps, you know, impact font letters that said, NAY, NAY, which was the punch, NAY was the punchline to one of your jokes last week about the horse dewormer. And you know the terrible thing about all of this? What? We're still talking about the horse dewormer. This is still uh, a are thing. still
1: people are still taking it we just had a yeah. judge order a doctor to administer it uh to a patient against the doctor's wishes i yeah. mean uh, things have gotten completely out of control here right right uh, but yeah yeah it's it's this insanity that we live in now
3: i don't understand this ruling i don't understand how this is getting legitimized Louis Gomert is pushing ivermectin yes. now i mean he's he did a speech the other day. Just, why are they trying to stop us from using Ivermectin for COVID? We have perfectly good treatments For COVID, we have perfectly good vaccines for COVID, but all of these fucking morons are like, no, 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 no. we don't want any of that. What we really want to do is take this horse shit over here, which is completely unproven. No one has studied it except for, I don't know, some guy who was maybe on Joe Rogan's show and has now orchestrated a prank on Reddit. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's where this shit starts. It Buzz, it had to have started with like some guy, you know, Ron Watkins sure. on 8chan yeah, started the whole Q thing as a big online prank to see what he could get away with using the gullibility of whatever it was, 4chan and then 8chan. This has got to be a similar kind of prankster. It was like, yeah, you know what would be really funny? If I posted on Reddit that Ivermectin, this horse dewormer, could actually get rid of COVID. That would be hilarious. Let's see how many people buy it. It's like the idea of selling robot insurance. You know, like the old Saturday Night Live sketch with Robert, with uh, with Sam Waterston. And where they're selling old people insurance against robot attack. That's the kind of gullibility that we're seeing With Ivermectin and before it, hydroxychloroquine and all this other bro science. And what's baffling to me is that they're rejecting the legitimate science for the bro science, which is even less proven, which has no validity to it whatsoever. But this is okay. I mean, Milo Yiannopoulos is now engaged in what I believe to be a hoax. Oh, really? He claims that he has covid Uh And that he's injecting himself with this horse dewormer. Right. So he's going to update his progress. First of all, there was no video with this. Second of all, Milo Yiannopoulos, and maybe this should have been the first of all, Milo Yiannopoulos is a scammer. He is a scam. he is a flim flam right. artist. This is what Miley Yiannopoulos does for a living now.
1: Or or is this the <laughs> boy who cried wolf so many times that when the wolf came yeah. he got eaten? I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm you know, get your popcorn because it's one of these two outcomes. Either the one yeah. that you've proposed or the uh boy who cried wolf uh, scenario. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, this is one of those things where The intention is to say, hey, look, this stuff works and all of those liberals are wrong. Milo is trying to, in a weird way, in his own twisted way, he's trying to own the libs with this prank, because what he's going to do is say, "Hey, look, I'm cured of COVID, even though I never really had it in the first place. And look, what cured me was this ivermectin, That's this horse dewormer that I injected into my body with a syringe.
1: Either that, or he yeah. dies. But one yeah. of these two. I mean, you 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 could be right. I think there's a 50% chance you're right, and I think there's a 50% chance he'll be dead soon." <laughs>
3: That's right. What a shame
1: that'd be, huh? I, yeah, uh, that occurred to me. Yeah, yeah this is madness that you speak of. I, I can't help but mention this. Please forgive, indulge me and forgive me for this. Michelle and Robert King, the people who produced The Good Wife and now The Good Fight, uh, had a yeah. show in 2016. It was just a summer series. Mm-hmm. It's on uh, Paramount Plus, and I, I highly recommend people watch it. I think it was inspired by the Tea Party movement, but it's the series is called Brain Dead, and in it... Uh, it, the two political parties are in a race in which uh, extraterrestrial insects are eating the brains of the politicians. <laughs> so this is about uh, this is about insects from another planet invading yep. the minds of people in Congress mm. and and what it does to the country and the madness that comes out of that. Uh, Robert and Michelle King are very good at portraying the sort of insanity that we're living in real life now yeah. and and it, it helps underscore I think, just the madness of it and clarifies for me, the madness of of what we're surrounded. Because my fear is we'll become accustomed to this madness. Yeah. And then
3: we're all mad. And, of course, we know exactly what it is, Buzz. I mean, this is, uh, I think, a direct consequence of people that have no ethical grounding whatsoever having access to a, lar- a massive number of people, having a huge audience and no ethics in terms of how you should be responsible in the face of that audience or what things that you shouldn't say in front of a large, large group of people. And they don't get that. They don't have that.
1: Honestly, it's gotten out of control. We've seen it spin out of the hands of even Donald Trump. But Mm -hmm. uh, most recently, uh, was it uh, Mitch McConnell? Saying he didn't understand why people weren't getting vaccinated. Well, you had something to do with that. And Mm -hmm. in McConnell's heart of hearts, if he had one, uh, he he would know that he caused that. And the people he represents, the people he's been supporting, yeah. uh, the people in his coalition mm-hmm. caused that to happen.
3: Yeah, and they're booing Trump over this, right?
1: Yes, yes. They're, they're yes, booing they
3: Trump himself over the idea of taking vaccines. So this is a situation where their Frankenstein monster is just running amok now and just crushing buildings under his giant feet. And that's what's happening with... All of this anti-vax, anti-mask propaganda is being fueled by all of these disciples of Donald Trump, all of these adherents of Trumpism, and, and it's,
1: it's it's in my life. Yeah, and maybe in your life, uh, we all know or yeah. related to someone who isn't vaccinated and has no intention of doing so.
3: I mean, yeah, I get it. I get Louis Gomert doing this shit, but we're now we're seeing judges saying, yes. "Yeah, you got to take it." Here's, you know, here's a, meanwhile, here's what uh, Gohmert said about Ivermectin. I don't know if y'all saw, but a month after President Trump left office, the American Journal of Medicine came out with a great article that they had discovered a regimen of medication that when taken uh, together early in COVID that, you may have heard of it, hydroxychloroquine, Ivermectin, a Z-pack, erythromycin, zinc. Uh He's just naming off, he's just like naming nuts is what he's doing. Just yes. naming random shit that has no validity whatsoever.
1: Most of it does not. Yeah. yeah
3: whether it's this or the VERS system, where just anyone with ugh, the weirdest bullshit story can post that to the VERS system and then suddenly broader wing Nutia, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex has to repeat that shit as if it's a legitimate <laughs> medical study. And it's not. It's not. But uh, we're also seeing, of course, the usual cavalcade of uh, dies of COVID headlines. Right. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Corpses of the Week uh, We have three candidates <laughs> this week At least from the AM talk radio world And uh, there's a fourth candidate Who was a preacher uh, I'm sure I'm missing some others uh, yeah. they, Because we, actually we get one almost every day Somebody who was anti-mask Anti-vax or both mm-hmm. uh, Is now dead from COVID yeah. Some of them go to their graves believing what they've said all along Most of them regret What they've done when it's too late For them and everyone else
3: Yeah, and these aren't just stories about someone becoming infected with COVID. Like, for example, Kid Rock. Kid Rock did a whole show without masks and everything. Well, half his his band and his entire crew ended up getting COVID. I don't know that any of them died from it, but that's just one of many examples.
1: But they had to cancel their shows in Dallas and other shows they had in Texas and other shows they had planned uh, because they were going to continue defying. The good news is COVID (laughs) said, no, you're not going to continue. Yeah. And that was after all the denial. And we just keep saying case after case after case of this. Mm,
3: and as we saw last week, Buzz, the, uh, I think the rate of COVID infections went up in South Dakota because of Sturgis specifically by 1,150%, somewhere in that yeah. range, yeah. by a massive amount. Oh my God, where's the garment rending about Christy Nome? I don't see any of that. I think all the Garner is no, happening. Yeah,
1: she's managed to lay low through all of this. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, DeSantis, fortunately, DeSantis is taking the heat right now. Yeah. If you think of uh, COVID as a radio station transmitter and its signal spreads out from a central point, mm-hmm. uh, Florida is your transmitter. See yeah. how uh, you know, I'm. I'm speaking to you from the transmitter site <laughs> oh right God. now of COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, and uh, staying safe.
3: W- what is it like down there right now? How are you? Well, uh, I, I, what I are don't you, know. What I haven't been seeing? out.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, people are still doing stuff. A lot of people are acting as if it's it's over. And I mean, from what I can tell from from my uh, natural state of being uh, in lockdown, Uh, from what I can tell, people will continue to do things. Now, I see a lot of things cut back. I was able to help talk my high school class reunion committee into delaying this year's 50th anniversary reunion uh, get-together until next year at least. Uh, Fortunately, despite some resistance, wiser heads prevailed and we postponed that. So, uh, and because things are happening to be very bad in Kansas uh, mm-hmm. right now as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's there is some effect. And of course, uh, Disney and the cruise lines are all defying Governor Santis. We have a dozen school boards now here wow. at least that have defied the government governor. And by the way, as you may have or may not have seen, DeSantis is continuing to financially punish uh, Broward County and, uh, one other, I'm sorry, I've forgotten right now, yeah, Br- uh, yeah. Broward and uh, Alachula counties are both being mm-hmm. punished. Uh, school board salaries are being withheld by the state because they have defied governor DeSantis. That means governor DeSantis is defying a court order. A yeah. Republican governor is defying a court order. And are it, uh, the question Americans keep asking is, do we any longer live in a society of law and order, are we still a nation of laws? Because if we are, somebody needs to put a stop to that or to him or both.
3: Well, see also my remarks from last week, which were, Oh shit, this can't continue without society breaking down. I mean, I got really, really dark (laughs) last week uh, about COVID and that was one of the darker points, but the observation remains true as far as I'm concerned. And you see little tiny hints of it, Right now, and and Ron DeSantis' reaction to this uh, order from this judge, this is a direct example of what I'm talking about. When you've got governors defying judges in order to impose this ridiculousness with regard to the pandemic, that's where cracks start to form into larger issues. You know what I mean? The
1: saving grace grace for me, when we get little nuggets occasionally, because uh what i've been seeing all week and i I can't disagree with this anymore people i used to say people are impatient they need to wait for the the wheels of justice to turn uh people are tired of waiting and frankly now so am i yeah uh it's taking too long now on the upside it's nice to know that the january 6th select committee uh in the house is uh going after the correspondence of uh, a handful of Republican Congress people who appeared to have been involved in the insurrection mm-hmm. and Donald Trump and his grown children. Uh, this is great. This is very encouraging news because it at least tells us that there are still wheels of justice and they are still turning. But I am now among a nation of people who are tired of waiting for justice. Yeah. Justice for DeSantis, justice for Trump justice for them all
3: yeah that's the key that's the genius of the red hat trumpism strategy which is to push our politics into an area in which we don't have any structures to prevent we don't there are no guardrails in this area where uh, donald trump himself and certainly uh, copycats like Ron DeSantis and greg abbott and so on they're going down that road too and they know this. They're quite aware that there's no strictures. There are no institutions that can stop them. I mean, if Donald Trump had defied the Supreme Court in some way, what, what, are, what is the Supreme Court going to do? I mean, This is what I was talking about uh, even going back before right. the 2016 right. election. How does that destabilize our system? And the the consequences of it are myriad. And one of the primary examples that we're seeing— in terms of the adoption of this kind of behavior by the followers of Ron DeSantis, by the followers of Donald Trump and the usual suspects, is just a a lack of regard for our fellow citizens. And yeah, come and make me wear a mask. Yeah, come and make me get a vaccine. I dare you. Because they know that it's going to take a lot of gumption, a lot of political capital for someone like Joe Biden or some, uh, some state governor or some local municipality, whatever, to say, okay, now you have to get vaccinated and we don't care what you say about it. The next they, time you hear somebody
1: yeah. whining about individual liberties, remind them we used to be a nation of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, what not a nation of me's.
3: Yeah, and that is one of the most appropriate things. It's one of the best observations in terms of what the crisis is right now. Because where we are with COVID is about the same place as where we were in January of last year. That gigantic spike, we've all seen the charts, we've all seen the graphs, we've seen the numbers, and how bad COVID was last winter, uh, culminating in those days after the, the holiday breaks and so on. Right now, the U.S. averaged more than 100,000 COVID 19 hospitalizations a day over the last week. That is the highest seven day average since mid January, when nearly 140,000 people were hospitalized. That was before the vaccine. Yesterday in Florida Uh,
1: alone, over 31,000 new infections detected and over 900 deaths.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's a a defiance right now that's happening where I think, and this doesn't have really anything to do with this strong uh, anti-vax, anti-mask movement. This is more of a normal people thing. I think people are sick and tired of being isolated. They're sick and tired of being at home. Uh They've had their... Their vaccine, they've got their masks, so right. they're going out and they're doing things in public. And mm-hmm. I don't know how that's affecting the infection rate. I'd like to think it, that most of this infection rate is people who are shirking their responsibility. Mostly, yes, but, but it
1: is. It is everybody. Yeah. It is everybody. And I, you know, I when this first, I think when the uh, when some of the Texas representatives went to Washington. Uh, to prevent or delay that vote on restricting voting rights. And uh, several of them uh, caught COVID despite all the precautions they had taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, I, I said to myself, I think there's going to be a, a, another lockdown. Yeah. I, it won't surprise me at all. I will tell you that economically, the country's doing better right now in Democratic counties where people are vaccinated and Democratic states where people are vaccinated. Yep. But the, I've also read anecdotally – And anecdotes are not statistics, but it's interesting and food for thought that uh, someone who attended an outdoor wedding in which everyone had to show proof of vaccination and wear masks, several of them came down with COVID. (laughs) You, you cannot run. You can only hide, in yeah. my opinion. And so, I am, like an episode of The Twilight Zone, I'm staying home again. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need... I ain't got time for that.
3: Well, the shame of it is that those of us who are being safe, if we do all the right things and we still you know, have to go to the grocery store. We still have to do things for our own mental health, getting out mm-hmm, occasionally, right. doing something do that. outside of our houses. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we still live in a monkey see, monkey do society. So you yes, see someone out doing things, concert, you, whatever, yeah, FOMO, fear of missing out, makes you want right. to go do that thing too. Right. And those people doing that thing <laughs> because they're afraid of missing out, uh, may not be as responsible as you are and that's we've dropped, that's the pisser of it we've dropped
1: some of the protocol we've dropped some of the rules it's it's we need to go over this again uh, now we have a new one which is get vaccinated yeah but continue to wear a mask continue to wash your hands continue to keep your distance from other people yeah especially strangers especially crowds especially mm-hmm. indoors don't do it uh, you go out and bike I go to a beach where that's uh, largely unpopulated, yeah. where I never come in contact with anyone outside of my party. Uh, you know, there are safe things you can do to address that. Uh, the Washington Post had a guest writer. This might be a good time to share this. A guest writer in the Washington Post, her name's uh, Stacy Colino. Uh, and and the headline was something about how to handle here we go again. because. Here we go again with the pandemic. Yep. She says, ways to handle this and stay sane are, number one, acceptance. Accept it for what it is. Accept reality. Realize it is what it is. Number two, offload your emotions in healthy ways by talking, writing, exercising, working. Uh, whether it's a project or a bicycling or mm-hmm. going to an abandoned beach or whatever. Uh, you know, do things for your head. Uh, embrace things you can do that, that you can do to protect your health. Eat right, exercise, Etc. Make it a point to distract yourself by watching television or movies Mm -hmm. or playing games or whatever it is you like to do. Uh, Take mental vacations where you just go outside, walk, stretch, deep breathe. Uh, And and remember also, and this was the final piece of advice, this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah. And these are the things that if you follow these tips... Uh, will get you through uh, another year of this thing if we have to.
3: And I couldn't recommend uh, biking, cycling, strongly enough. It is a, a wonderful activity to do outside. I mean, if you can, get yourself a bike if you don't have one already. What you can do is you take it down to your local park. There are often... ...paved trails that you can ride on, or even the the roads that circle around through your local, you know, county-owned park or something like
1: that. But but only if you can get Jody Hamilton as your photographer. (laughs) Only do it...
3: That's right. You know, I don't know how this morphed from being Kimberly taking those photos, not really, uh, to Jody taking those photos, not really. Uh, But yeah, it somehow has. It somehow jumped the uh, entire continent and gone from Kimberly... And now it's Jody. Jody's taking all these photos of me bike riding. I don't know. And how I'm this... reading.
1: I'm reading about the. Just as a side note, I'm reading about the push-ups, the number of push-ups Paula Poundstone does each day, and <laughs> I realize now that little Paula Poundstone could kick my
3: ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a uh, short break. Back with more show right after these words. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are.
0: Using power, power, power. I think I've done it again, and I know that
2: I do this to myself. I go overboard with all the fantasies, and now I've decided on you. Now, the moments I can get a taste of your attention make every other moment taste devoid of, of any flavor. And when you turn
3: Oh, yeah. Our new autumn, right here. Again, not the one is the name of this song. Another song of the summer, culminating in our big uh, Labor Day weekend, Any Music Countdown at the end of this week, Friday. It'll be going up Friday. Uh, that's I what like I'm. That's swimming. what. I, that's what I'm telling myself. I haven't done the show yet, but <laughs> it's, I'm it's shooting like, for like, fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like quitting smoking. You just have to keep saying you do it until you actually do it. <laughs> that's so. exactly
3: right. Well, Our, I like that
1: song a lot. I look forward to that.
3: Wonderful, wonderful song. Ournewautumn.bandcamp.com to support these guys from yeah. uh, the great state of uh, Minnesota. And so, uh, yeah, watch for the indie music countdown probably on Friday. I, lived in,
1: I used to live in Minnesota, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm sorry. Uh, we always, we always hoped that summer would fall on a weekend. That was our big,
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, real good there.
1: then. Uh, Rocky mountain Mike says, I like to reminisce and I, I do, I, you know, did the news <laughs> there on a radio station and it, it, on the license plates up there, it says land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah. And I got in early one morning as I did uh, to prepare the news. And I, I saw a story that a lake had dried up. <laughs> So naturally, my headline was Make That 9,999 Lakes. (laughs)
3: Of course, I would have hated you if you hadn't used that if joke. If I hadn't, yeah, it, it was, yeah. again, the obvious way to go. Right, yeah. we could no longer be friends. If you said, you know what, I <laughs> thought of that joke, but I didn't do it. I'd be like, bye, boss, see you later. Um, okay, Rightly so, so. Uh, we we started to talk about this in the previous segment, but it's it's worth getting back to this. Former CIA officer who insisted mm-hmm. COVID was a hoax uh, dies of COVID. Uh Another
1: candidate for Corpse of the Week. Exactly.
3: Yeah. And you know what? We don't have a Corpse of the Week jingle because it may be just a little too gross and morbid to do that, but we'll just maybe throw this in.
1: I was reluctant to bring it up in the first place, but people
3: have embraced it, so I say run with it. Okay. (laughs) The third anti-vax radio guy, Mark Bernier, I guess is his name. Bernier. dies of COVID. Yes. Anti-mask activist Caleb Wallace dies of COVID. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And that guy, my God, the uniform. He's got the entire Trump (laughs) voter
1: uniform, right? Because you need a uniform if you're in radio.
3: Well, this guy was the activist. Caleb Wallace was just an activist against
1: masks usage. we lost some of those too.
3: Yeah, and his uniform, of course, is the baseball cap, the goatee, and the Oakleys on the cap, or the fake Oakleys on the cap. That's his whole uh, thing. But at least now he doesn't have to wear a mask inside the Piggly Wiggly, so that's good news for Caleb Wallace. Um, meantime, the Supreme Court has blocked the Biden administration's COVID-related eviction moratorium. This is going to be. This is going to make for a, a long, cold winter i think for yes, quite will. a few people and i know right here in my own apartment complex i'm fully expecting to see people getting booted out left and right which is not going to be wow. not going to be fun not going to be a good time to see lots of people including people with children getting booted out of their homes mm-hmm. because they can't make ends meet as a consequence of All of the shirkers, all of these people we just mentioned, Mark Bernier, uh, Caleb Wallace, uh, this CIA officer, Phil Valentine, Donald Trump, Louis Gohmert, blah, 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 blah,
0: yeah.
1: We would be so out of this pandemic by now. There might not have been a Delta variant. By the way, there's a new one brewing in the Delta variant. Yeah. We might not have even had this, as we knew there would be. We might not have even had this Delta variant uh, if it were not for these folks.
3: Well, I mean, obviously, and I'm making no secret about this, Donald Trump is the reason why we're still in this in the first place. This could have ended, yeah. you know, a, a little more than a year ago, and it didn't because we refused to do the right thing. But you know what? Uh, I think during the break you mentioned there was some breaking news. Do you have some breaking oh, news there is, for
1: not near not nearly as important as what we're talking about, oh, okay. but worth, worth mentioning because uh, this is from... Uh, uh, the Associated Press, the New York Times, and CNN all thought it was important to report that Mike Richards, who resigned recently as host of Jeopardy, yeah. is now also out as executive producer. Oh, how sad. So well, that's, what a uh, pity. <laughs> Glad about that.
3: But He was such a nice guy, though. I mean, why, 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 why do it bad happen things
1: happen to nice people? That's what we want well yeah. to
3: know. Um, also, we should probably talk about uh, Hurricane Ida here for a second. Still, one million people are without power. It could be weeks to restore their power.
1: and How many of them without homes now?
3: Oh, yeah. These are going to become more and more frequent as time goes on and the climate crisis gets worse. But, you know, to do a variation of the old Johnny Carson joke, at least the hurricanes will put out the wildfires. So there's... We hope so, yeah. There's that. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's
1: it's just awful. I mean, to see this extreme weather, how long has the Caldor fire been burning now? Yeah. And, and now the hurricane that's... Uh, Actually, uh, the rain from that's headed your way, what, tomorrow or the next day, I think.
3: Oh, goody. That's always my favorite, yeah. And
1: and that that now tropical, or now... Tropical depression. I think it is now. It's still yeah. dumping a lot of rain as yeah,
3: it
2: moves
1: yeah. uh, toward the northeast.
3: Is the Caldor fire? Is that uh, in Lake Tahoe? Is that that? Is that the fire? It, it is.
1: It is now. Uh, normally, <laughs> some of the best clearest views you'll ever see are at Lake Tahoe. But right now, visibility is dim. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they really can't see our other problems from there.
3: We have to count our blessings, I guess, that more people weren't killed. And well, this is, so, I guess, that as far as hurricanes go, especially. Category four hurricanes hitting Louisiana, a, where New very, Orleans very nearly is nearly yeah. a five. Yeah,
1: barely short of being a f- category five. Unbelievable! One of the uh, hardest hurricanes uh, ever to hit the continental U.S.
3: Yeah, and of course, with uh, New Orleans being below sea level, most of that city is below sea level. Am I right?
1: Ex- or at or below sea level? If yeah. uh, it's said that if you dig a hole, it'll fill up with water. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, most most uh, bodies are, or ashes are interred above ground. Because if you dig a hole, it will fill up with water.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the idea alone of losing power. Geez, I hope the hospitals have generators. You know, things like that. You got to think of things like that. Think of uh, the fact that we've got tons of people on ventilators and so on who have COVID. Mm. I mean, we're,
1: yeah. Doctors were running some of those breathing equipment by hand to yeah. keep people alive during
3: power outages. Uh, three hundred thousand people don't have access to clean water on Monday. About two thousand were staying at shelters after evacuating their homes. That's I mean, talk about a level of stress that is very difficult to explain or quantify to those of us who've never had to be evacuated from our homes. It's a it's a terrible thing. I mean, just being in your home and losing power for more than a right. week. I mean, I always think back to the uh, Santa Rosa wildfires where mm-hmm. we didn't have power for an entire week, and even though we were just on the edge of the evacuation zone, so we didn't have to leave. Right. Uh, it was still a, <laughs> a horrible week trying to get by without any electricity or hot water or anything like I, that. Was not I sort fun. of
1: enjoyed it? And I sort of enjoyed it when we were out without power here for I think four days after Hurricane Ida. Yeah, uh, I, I sort of enjoyed being disconnected. <laughs> uh, I uh, you know it it was it was warm. But uh, we cooked our meals on the grill outside. Uh, yeah. You know, we and we got plenty of ice from a nearby fish house. So, yeah, yeah we, we were pretty well set without electricity.
3: Yeah, well, that's fun for about 48 hours. And then yeah, after yeah. That 48 hours, like, okay, fucking, get, where's the power? Come on. <laughs> it, it was good
1: for four days, but as soon as it was over, yeah, we cranked up the AC. You yeah. betcha. Yeah. Well, and speaking of clean water, just to sort of backtrack and overlap topics here, as I want to do, mm-hmm. uh, uh, thanks to Governor DeSantis' uh, COVID policies, you were talking about clean drinking water, yeah, uh, Tampa, and, and some of the other... Uh, municipalities in Florida Mm -hmm. uh, can no longer uh, clean their water using liquid oxygen because that is now needed for COVID patients. So we've gone back to chlorine. Uh, in the drinking water oh. until until we can use oxygen again because we don't have oxygen to put in the water because it's all being used by overfilled hospitals.
3: You know what? That may be the situation here. I don't know why, but at some point during the lockdown last year... Mm-hmm. It may be. ...the, the drinking water supply in, in our area, which is right on the D.C. suburbs is where we are, for some reason they started putting tons of chlorine in the water. And I assume that was because... COVID or something, the, the chlorine in the water would kill any COVID particles that might be in the water supply. That, no, that was my no. assumption. But I think it's...
1: And sometimes I think they do it for periodic cleaning. But right now, yeah. it's being used as, used as the disinfectant for our drinking water instead of the liquid oxygen that's normally
3: used. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always wonder what, what it's going to do to me because I drink a ton of tap water, especially when I'm bike riding. I fill up both of my water bottles filled with the tap water and it's got, it's loaded with chlorine. I guess it's okay to put it on you like a swimming pool is okay. It's okay to go in that kind of chlorine, but I don't know about drinking it. Maybe he's one of our uh, science experts on our Patreon page or something like that. will give me some tips in terms of what the dangers some, are.
1: Some Trump supporter who drank Clorox, perhaps, can give us some insight.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Well, uh, I guess we should talk about Afghanistan uh, and the end of that 20-year War. Thank goodness. The, yeah, the U.S. has completed its withdrawal from Afghanistan, effectively ending the longest war in American history and fulfilling Biden's pledge to end what he called the "forever war." The a- evacuation operation at Kabul's International Airport also ended. Control of the airport was left in the hands of the Taliban. More than 2,400 U.S. troops were killed, including 13 in the past week during the 20-year war that George W. Bush launched to overthrow the Taliban, who had harbored the Al Qaeda terrorists responsible for the September 11th terrorist attacks. General Frank McKenzie, head of the U.S. Central Command, said a number of American citizens in the very low hundreds were left behind and that he believes they will still be able to leave the country. There's an international effort to get them all out now, so that's the not... Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you know, and uh, I think it was Lawrence O'Donnell the other night played the clip of George W. Bush announcing the, uh, the initial bombing of Afghanistan. And the way he defined what the war was going to be in those remarks totally not what the war ended up being.
1: Yeah, you'll I mean, be home by dinner.
3: Yeah, exactly. We're going to knock out their ability to communicate and, and commit acts of terror from uh, Afghanistan as a ground uh, as a home base. Well, yeah, we did that. <laughs> and yeah. then we decided, "Hey, well, shit, if uh, the Taliban's just going to come back, so we need to stay here." And then 20 years later, and here we are.
1: Joe Biden made the tough decision no other president would make, uh, even when that was the obvious decision. And there's no clean way out of this. There were going to be atrocities on leaving, just as there were atrocities during the war. You have no right to uh, to focus only on the 13 lives that were tragically lost in the evacuation uh, and ignore the 2500 american lives that were lost over those 20 years the 2 trillion dollars yeah. the 20,000 americans wounded uh maimed by that war 20,000 americans maimed by that war 2500 killed uh it, it we lost 13 getting out but we got out and it's over yeah It's over now, except for the remaining rescues. And and like I said, we have ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue, I think we're down to only about 100 Americans left in Afghanistan. And most of them, the vast majority of them, if not all of them, don't want to leave because they have family there or they have a journalism gig or whatever it may be. Some people stayed. Uh, and uh, that was their choice, yeah. uh, for the most part, with exceptions. Again, st- there are st- statistics and there are anecdotes, mm-hmm. and uh, there are some heartbreaking anecdotes to be sure, yeah. and that is to be expected in a war and in exiting a war. Yeah, but uh, statistically, uh, Biden got 123,000 people successfully out of Afghanistan. Uh, an incredible, uh, an incredible airlift effort. And uh, it has to be recognized by that, as I said last week, never has the news media been so disconnected from the feelings of the American public on the withdrawing from Afghanistan. Yeah, the uh, Americans' favorite, and uh, the the, the media is just digging in, is refusing to to come around to the uh, way the American people are thinking.
3: God damn it! The way I'm seeing this headed, as far as or at least the political fortunes of the Biden White House, is the ability to, in 2024, in that presidential election, to be able to say, now, what do you guys dislike more? The peace or the prosperity? That's the old James Carville line. I think it was from 1996 or something like that. What do you hate more? The peace or the prosperity? Because we're going to have both peace and prosperity. And The great irony about the war is that, so few people actually even paid attention to it for exactly. most most of those 20 years, including the same cable news media that is concern trolling and trying to Wait. crucify Joe Biden over this right now.
1: Where, where was this hand wringing over the nine soldiers we were losing every month? Yeah. on average, during this war. This just in from CNN. The U.S. military has negotiated a secret arrangement with the Taliban to escort escaping Americans to Kabul's airport gates. Incredible. So, And right now, uh, the the, the Taliban is playing along. How long that will last, we don't expect it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that they can't be trusted, and yet they seem to be playing ball for now. So let's go with that, and if we can get some more Americans out and— uh, that would be great. Taliban doesn't want us taking any more Afghans out. I suspect again that we have ways of getting uh, certain ones out if they in fact still want to go.
3: There was a uh, former CIA operative named Phil Mudd on Lawrence O'Donnell's show. Uh, I think Not it was Phil McCracken. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he attended that school board meeting. You that's see, right, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Don Kadic. Remember Don Kadic?
1: Don Kedic Don Don Kedic Yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah
3: Uh, so this guy, Phil Mudd, uh, former CIA operative, was on with Lawrence the other night, and he talked about something that we've been discussing for the past few mm-hmm. weeks, which is the, the inevitability of how Afghanistan fell. And sure. I think it's important to, to play this. I, this is a, an interesting encapsulation of some of the things that we've been talking about here on this good, show. Good. And it's nice to see it repeated by someone who has legitimate- More credibility than us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, foreign policy and, and, uh, and national security expertise. Here's, here's Phil Mudd from from Lawrence O'Donnell the other night.
0: So if you look at the characteristics, whether you're President Obama or whether you're President Trump, and I'm seeing on among my friends and on Twitter already t- today critiques of what's happening. Let's look at characteristics. The Americans say they're going to get out. You could have bombed American mm. uh, sort of military uh, posts before you got out to ensure that the Taliban couldn't access weapons and explosives. The Taliban then knows you're leaving. The Taliban's going to surge if they see that you're leaving. That nice. happened in this circumstance. The Afghan National Army is going to see you're leaving. They're going to fold. That happened in this circumstance. As soon as you start leaving the airport, American citizens and people affiliated with Americans are going to surge the airport because they know their throats are going to get slipped by the Taliban. That's what's happening in this circumstance. And the biggest question, Jake, you're going to have to surge in the American military to get aircraft to take people out. And there's a big footprint and big risk. You tell me whether you like Obama, whether you like Trump, whether you like Biden, you give me a better plan. I don't see it, Jake.
3: Yeah, uh, by the way, that was obviously on CNN and Lawrence O'Donnell played the clip on his show. That's, that's right. That's right. how that went down but uh, I, I, suddenly
1: everybody's an expert yeah. uh, you know it's it just it's it's flabbergasting and and it's it it kind of goes to our attention span and how we mm-hmm. focus on the shiny object at the moment which uh, the the media has put in front of us and again the media is uh, putting forth this negative narrative about yeah. the the evacuation uh, and uh, and then running polls to see how Americans feel about it. Biden is scoring high numbers on every issue now except Afghanistan. Gee, I wonder what made that happen.
3: Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I know. It,
1: it, it, again, the media framing of this. And yet, if you keep the media out of the polling question and just ask the public, are you glad we got out of Afghanistan? It's an overwhelming yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, once again, we're going to be talking about... Uh, one of the downsides when it comes to this level of accountability, this level of concern trolling, this level of condemnation for Joe Biden, and we're, we're seeing a little bit coming from uh, guys like Bill Maher, and it may not be specific to Afghanistan, but we got to talk about all of that and what the stakes are these days when it comes to the unfortunate place that we find ourselves in as a country, specifically with regard to politics and how we deal with our own side, how we deal with Democratic politicians knowing that they are the only bulwark between the American people and the end of democracy. That's it. So. so we got, yeah, we're going to talk about that on the Postmortem Show coming up uh, on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Thank okay, Meantime, this guy, Lucas Kuntz, a former Marine who served in Afghanistan, told Lawrence O'Donnell, quote, The real tragedy for me here, like a huge tragedy, is that I see on TV people talking about how we need to stay just one more day, just one more Uh month, just one more dollar, as if the 20 years, the 2,500 lives and the $2.3 trillion that then collapsed in two weeks weren't enough. They're the same people that... Their reputations are at line on this. They're making money for it, and they're deciding that they want to keep us there because they feel like it's the right thing to do for them. It's a face-saving move, is what it is. I'm just interjecting that. It's a huge, he goes on, it's a huge systematic institutional set of dishonesties that has really, like, just torn the American people's psyche as they saw what happened in that two weeks. And I I think part of the problem is not just the uh, cable news reaction specifically to what we're witnessing, but the fact that it was such a whiplash inducing moment where we didn't hear the word Afghanistan hardly mentioned at all for, as we keep saying, for most of that 20 years. Mm -hmm. It was really a non-story when it came to the mainstream press.
1: Sadly, even as Americans continued to
3: die there, yes. Yeah, exactly. And I did some of the numbers last week in terms of previous years and the American casualties in terms of soldiers and Marines on the ground in Afghanistan. And they're in the range of the same number of casualties that we had the other day in that uh, ISIS-K bombing at the airport. But this doesn't get covered for years and years and years. And suddenly it's like, Oh, holy fucking shit. Ah, we're going to panic. This is the end of, uh, you know, the Western morals and values that we have when it comes to foreign policy, says Richard Engel. And then it's like people are blindsided by this. And so naturally they're going to go, okay, what the fuck is going on now with Afghanistan? Holy shit. What a disaster by Joe Biden. Because they're getting smacked with news that they haven't really heard in years. And yeah, so there's a shock value. It's like it. jumping into ice cold water, you know, after but being in a think, sauna.
1: <laughs> I think most Americans know that the American body count from today in Afghanistan is zero. Yeah. And that it will be yeah. zero tomorrow and the next day and the day. I after hope so, that. yeah. Yeah. And that's what this is all about.
3: By the way, um, by way of a fact check here. Mm-hmm. We didn't leave $83 billion in military equipment for the no, Taliban. That's false. This yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post had to do a Pinocchio fact check on all of this to debunk this line. Trump yesterday, I don't know when, where do you, who he was talking to, maybe it was Hannity, maybe it was some other show. Trump said the other day, all equipment should be demanded to be immediately returned to the United States, and that includes every penny of the $85 billion in cost. Well, first of that's all, hilarious. It's, it's, ba- it's barely happen. $80 billion, but yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and it's never going to happen, so it's always good to call for something that's impossible.
3: <laughs> that's right. And this uh, is something... And,
1: and, and furthermore, yeah. most, if not all, of that equipment has been d- uh, disabled.
3: Well, the other thing is uh, with regard to this equipment, not only is Donald Trump talking about this 83 85 whatever number he he's going to make up by the way next week Donald Trump will be saying 100 billion or and then the week after that will be 105 110 150 billion Mm -hmm. it's not just going to be the 85 billion dollars that he said don't just
1: perpetuate the lie grow the lie
3: yeah Yeah. it's all of the red hat entertainment complex talking about this too and even some people on networks like MSNBC this Mm -hmm. is a, a toxic viral piece of disinformation. The right. fact of the matter is, according to Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post, U.S. military equipment was given to Afghan security forces over yes. two decades for the last 20 years. it's right. not just 83 billion that was handed to them yesterday and then suddenly it disintegrates into the hands of the Taliban. This is over 20 years that equipment was doled out. Tanks, vehicles, helicopters, and other gear fell into the hands of the Taliban when the U.S.-trained forces, the, the Afghan security forces, mm-hmm. quickly collapsed, the right. value of these assets is unclear, but if the Taliban is unable to obtain spare parts, it may not be able to maintain this equipment exactly Uh, and and Glenn Kessler writes here but the value of the equipment is not more than 80 billion that's the figure for all of the money spent on training and sustaining the Afghan military over 20 years including once again training is involved in that number Mm -hmm. the equipment portion of that total is about 24 billion dollars not 83 billion dollars or 85 as Donald Trump said 24 billion dollars It's not small change, as Glenn Kessler says, but the actual value of the equipment in the Taliban's hands is probably much less than even that amount. And again, this is a world of lies. Exactly. And it's not like we said, "Okay, here, Taliban, here's all our equipment. This is equipment that we gave to the Afghan security forces because that was part of the plan.
1: They were supposed to defend themselves with it. Instead, they folded. We have no control over that. The American equipment was disabled.
3: On top of the fact that how many of the 5,000 Taliban that Donald Trump released from prison seized that equipment from exactly. the Afghan security forces? Exactly. That's exactly. a question that should be asked every single and time was, that we see a story. It, every time we see a story about the Taliban and Taliban fighters, we have to ask the question, are those Taliban fighters some of the ones that Donald Trump released from prison? That oh, should be the sure. In many cases, group.
1: they are. In one yeah. case, they're a leader of, of, that, of that movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, we have to remember that Donald Trump negotiated this exit deal. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump's administration restricted immigrant visas that would have gotten more people out of Afghanistan more quickly. Yeah. He's actually to blame for many of the problems, if not most of the problems, with the evacuation. That's right. That's right.
3: Well, um, let's take uh, one last break here and come back with uh, more show. uh, Yeah, right (laughs) And Are you I'm, sure?
1: Yeah. But you I, seem unsure about whether we should break right you know, here.
3: I realize that. I'm like, where's the commercial button? Where's the button for the commercial, as I'm <laughs> saying all of that? Back with more show right after this.
2: You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius bath and body products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business Situations that we're in is growing
1: thin Always hesitating to begin when we'll is in So what do I have to do? Now what do I have to say? I put it all on display But I reach you every day Oh, I know nobody knows This thoughts inside my mind That I just cannot show
3: Oh my God, this is... Uh, this is Trissette and a remix of her Situation single by Three Mind Blight. Really great guy. I've been talking with him on uh, on Twitter. And uh, Trisette, of course, is from Bob Malone's band. We played uh, Bob Malone last week and his, uh, his song of the summer, Good People. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got the whole, I think it's whole like Bob Malone cinematic universe. <laughs> We're playing here on the show. But yeah, Trisette here, uh, the song again is called uh, Situations. and
1: Very impressive song.
3: Yeah, and I think it's going to be number one on the indie music countdown. Ooh. Spoiler, spoiler warning. Um, yeah, by the way, trisette.com, link in the description, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, we're accepting all new music for September. bobsescacom slash music to submit your songs. Thank you for doing that. Okay, uh, I was just noticing here on Twitter during the break, Buzz. Um, yes. The, there's a hashtag trending right now. Jesus, God. Hashtag Biden war crimes. Oh, geez. And and I'm not entirely certain that's an exclusive red hat thing. Uh, <laughs> I think there are some. Yeah. No. Maybe Could some be. normal circulating something like that, which is. Could just, be from Richard Engel. We just don't. Yeah. Know. Holy. What is going on with Richard Engel? What What is his <laughs> stake there? I mean, I, I was guess. I'm
1: proud of the fact that he sneaked into Afghanistan early on and, uh believed then that it would uh, help his career yeah. and it did uh, and now the war is over and he's unhappy yeah uh wh- wh- you know here's here's my proposal we put uh, Al Roker back in the studio where it's safe <laughs> And we have Richard Engel stand in the rain. That'll, <laughs> so, that'll yeah. make him happy, I think. You know, uh, keep everybody happy. That's my uh, plan. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I've missed about Hurricane Ida, which is the footage. I haven't seen any news footage of local television reporters getting blown around the streets not of New local, Orleans.
1: Not local, but we saw uh, Al Roker get battered by four waves on Meet the Press. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Why uh, didn't I- Chuck Todd had uh, Al standing out there in the rain on a Sunday morning uh, at the edge of of the water and he got battered by about four pretty good waves.
3: You know, this shit happens and I don't see it and then I blame everyone else for not sending me the clip and that's my problem. Now I know.
1: Now I know what to send you. I have to find out. See, I'm still learning what you like. So now I'll (laughs) be sure and include...
3: One of my favorite things in the world. I don't know what this says about me. I am twisted. I am warped. But one of the funniest things in the world to me And I guess I'm also a simpleton because I love watching (laughs) video of people falling down. And it's not Uh not when they get injured or anything like that. I'm not a sadist. I'm not a monster. But the idea of people in an uninjured way falling down unexpectedly is hilarious to me.
1: Oh well, then I have a show for you. It's America's funniest home video. I, <laughs> I
3: know. I know. I realize kidding. that. I know that it most is my, of those are fake. My yeah. target demo.
1: Hey, You know, I, and and I've seen people are sick of the sending reporters out in the rain thing, and yeah. and people are sick of of the media in general. I I worried at first that the death of the media would be the right wing and Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. And and then I worried that it would be. Uh, Ultra progressive left wingers who mm-hmm. would do in the media as their criticism got more harsh, because we we need the media we we do we don't yeah. necessarily need this one this way <laughs> right we need it more like it used to be before it became a profit machine yeah yeah but uh, when it was operated as a loss leader by networks mm-hmm. um, you know uh, but it, the, the it turns out the real death of the media is being caused by the media itself yeah yeah. And and I just, it baffles me, it saddens me to see uh, the New York Times and CNN and, uh, you know, other media outlets uh, and Richard Engel uh, <laughs> perpetuating, it's Richard Engel day on the Bob Seska show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, b- b- trying to perpetuate this war, yeah, and uh, the American people are just aren't having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to cost the media dearly.
3: Yeah, and and I'm afraid, and again, this is going to be part of our conversation on the post-war show. I'm afraid that there are going to be uh, broader political ramifications of uh, of this kind of coverage, and that's that's one of the things I'm most concerned about. But but going back to my uh, discussion of people falling down, here, here's yes, the, sorry. Here's here's the sound. <laughs> I've got to play this. Here's the. <laughs> sound of kelsey grammer falling off a stage and this just oh, makes dear. me this makes me laugh and laugh and laugh uh-huh. kelsey grammer good trip through it's a small world pretending i was a un interpreter
2: oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: <sighs> <laughs> i i think i am wow <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one of the funniest things in the world to me because he was being a pompous, arrogant ass, talking mm-hmm. about "it's a small world." Of all things, I guess he's speaking at Disney. If, if only he could have fallen on Scott
1: Baio, that <laughs> would have been, that would have been better.
3: And the sound of when he falls is just—I got to hear it one more time.
1: Trip, trip through <laughs> "It's a Small World," pretending I was a UN interpreter. <laughs>
3: Good Lord.
1: Yeah, see, you just isolate the fall,
3: I think. The tumble. Okay, well, the uh, House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot plans asked telecommunications companies to preserve the phone records of several Republican lawmakers who participated in the Stop the Steal (laughs) rally. The list is reportedly still evolving, but currently includes... Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, Andy Biggs, Paul Gosar, Mo Brooks, Madison Cawthorn, Matt Gates, Louie Gohmert, Jody Heiss, and Scott Perry. Last week, the committee demanded records from federal officials and Trump allies and staffers, including some of Trump's family members. Oh, yes, shit.
1: Trump and Ivanka and uh, Junior and Eric.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we heard that Jim Jordan finally confessed that he actually did speak with Trump multiple times on January 6th. Yeah,
1: look around. I mean, the news can be just a nightmare. And you see you see this thing with Jim Jordan where he, first he says, I don't remember if I talked to the president that day, and I don't remember yeah. how many times. And You know, I talk to him all the time. And, mm. and there's one clip where uh, Jim Jordan stammers and never really answers the question. Yeah. And then uh, yesterday, I believe it was, he finally confessed, that, yes, I spoke with Trump several times on uh, January 6th. And, of mm. course, uh, uh, this gives even more reason to subpoena him uh, to testify over the January 6th committee, isn't it frightening how many of these folks we have in our Congress right yeah, now who were yeah. part of this thing? And uh, but it is exciting that that, that they're being targeted, uh, that they're being called out. Uh, I think evidence will be exposed that, that will expose them to criminal prosecution. Again, mm-hmm. wheels of justice turning slowly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hang in there because uh, that can have nothing but a good ending no matter how long it takes.
3: Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, The the problem, again, is always circling back to the notion that we live in an era in which there's an entire industry, an entire wing of the entertainment industry, specifically, in which all of these people, every single name that I listed just a second ago, Andy Biggs, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, all of these guys, earn a fortune just by spewing disinformation. There's become an entire industry where you can make potentially millions of dollars on social media or elsewhere. They're going to need that
1: much to cover the legal fees.
3: Selling disinformation. It is a commodity now. Propaganda is a commodity that you can make a fortune on, provided that you have some sort of clout or reputation to build upon, to springboard off of, as the case may be. If you're a member of Congress, if you have a radio show or you're an analyst on Fox News channel you can make a fortune just by selling bullshit Gee, to yokels and we, gomers
1: we should consider that bob let's tell everyone <laughs> that let's tell everyone that antifreeze cures covid <laughs> <laughs>
3: That'd yeah be all right yeah yeah i uh, chris boozy one of our friends uh, on twitter chris boozy had a similar idea where he's going he's going to try to sell something ridiculous to these guys and oh he's going to say something like uh, Trump will be reinstated on January 1st if everyone gets vaccinated. Something like that. And they go, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. They're just like, it. yeah, there's a sucker born every minute. is a PT Barnum would I, blush I, if he saw what was going on now.
1: I don't know if they'll buy that, but they'll buy the antifreeze. <laughs>
3: That's exactly right. Okay, yeah, we're, we're talking about um, this weird turn by Bill Maher. We're going to talk about uh, the the, ramification, the political ramifications of undermining the Biden administration and why it's a sucky position to be in, but these are the realities of our politics right now, and uh, this, of course, uh, loops in COVID, this loops in Afghanistan, this loops in the cable news coverage of all of this shit, and we're going to be talking about all of that on the post-war Postmortem Show that's coming up next. As soon as this music is done playing, we're going to keep on talking. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Suska show. Sign up for five dollars a month. You get two postmortem shows a week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. Don't miss out. The real shit happens on the postmortem show. Well, it's a real don't shit be on the free show, a, d- but, you know. Don't be a FOMO. <laughs> don't be a FOMO. Take what? care, folks. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye.